0: Oh, it's alive! How do we know she is alive? I hate when people talk during the movie. No wire hangers ever!
1: You are tearing me apart, Lisa! Your stupid minds, stupid, stupid! Relax, it's all in bad taste special today. Oh shit, yeah, okay.
0: Magical Mr. Mistopheles. I'm surprised
1: that's the one you went for. I thought it would be something like Jellicle Cats, and Cats, and Cats, and Cats, and Cats, and
0: Cats. Yeah, I was just thinking about room-tum-tugging myself. Ew, fucking hell,
1: Jesus Christ.
0: I didn't want to go for that one, so next one in line was Mr. Mistopheles. He's the next sexiest
1: cat. And on that note, hello everyone and welcome to Aftertaste the so- the- <laughs> Oh, try to Aftertaste. The so. The soup. <laughs> Careful. It's soup. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Aftertaste the so. <laughs> right, am I having a fucking stroke? The soup. <laughs> <I'm> the actually- <laughs> soup is having a stroke. I can't say the word show, apparently.
0: Well, welcome pot- to Aftertaste after something got the bad taste show.
1: You're not allowed to be intro, It's my job hello everyone and welcome to aftertaste the show where we dissect all of our favorite best worst films today on the menu we're doing something a little bit different uh, instead of watching any documentaries or making more features we thought it'd be a brilliant fucking idea to watch cats twice in the same week because we're fucking sadists
0: nice no third time's a charm on the intro literally the third time i tried that i kept saying the word show
1: is so well here yeah, it's you're... fine yeah right for those of you who don't actually know ryan does all the editing so i have no say actually what goes into the episode and if it was up to me that wouldn't go fucking into the episode but okay it's i a guess good thing it's not i guess that's how it is uh you can obviously hear my co-host there joining us. it's just just me and ryan today um hannah and jack how did they get out of this one hangover they were they were <laughs> that was their excuse uh, i think it was mostly jack not wanting to watch cats twice in one week which is a as a, yeah, I feel like that's quite a reasonable excuse.
0: It's not, absolutely not reasonable. I am here to I'm watch not, it twice. I mean,
1: I'm not paying them. I'm not paying any of you fuckers, so I think they're not obliged to fucking watch Cats twice. Um, right, yeah, basically the plan today, as we are doing Cats for our episode 3, 2019, Tom Hooper directed the version of Cats. The plan was to do our point 0.5, our Aftertaste episode on the musical, the 1981 written and directed by... Uh, Mr. Andrew, is it Sir Andrew Lloyd Webber? Is he he knighted? He he is. He shouldn't be. Well, let's not besmirch the man too much. He's he's done some good for the world. Cats might not be the thing, but he's done some... uh, Cats is
0: probably the best thing he brought to the world.
1: Really? For, I mean, really? For our purposes. Gives us something to talk about. I guess. I know very little about Cats. It is
0: a fictitious fellatio for <laughs>
1: the fellatio festival or festivities because there is a lot of like uncomfortable sexuality to this musical like right yeah basically the 1981 version i i for my knowledge is one of the first ones they recorded and actually put onto vhs now they literally the only memory of this production that i have prior to this is my sister was obsessed with this that probably shouldn't surprise you at all no, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I remember the VHS being in the house, and I remember I wasn't allowed to watch it. Like my parents refused to let me watch it. And I think
0: they were they were aware. Coming to, un- I'd
1: seen this. Coming to understand this a bit later in my life, I kind of I'm kind of glad they didn't let me watch it. There, I mean, there are elements to it that are a little bit like just I feel terrifying for children. I would have probably had cat nightmares about this. and I would never, We have three cats ourselves, and I never would have got cats had I watched this as a kid. I think this would have put me off for fucking life. Do you think it created a generation of furries? I think it... Or do you think it stopped the generation from becoming furries? Maybe a bit of both. Maybe a bit of column A, a bit of cold. Uh, B on that one. Um, I think it definitely brought furries into the, the limelight, into the forefront. What I do know of it, it's based off T.S. Eliot's collection of poetry. It, it's pretty much lifted from the poetry. Like the, All the lyrics for the songs are from the poems, uh, Old Possum's Book of Practical Cats, which was 1939, I think. Um, yeah, and Andrew Lloyd Webber basically just set these poems <laughs> yeah. to music. He cut out most of the fucking work and set them to music. Irrelevant and of you, and the you can tell. illogical sense. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty much plotless, um, which I think the 2019, when you when you listen to the uh, the episode three for, for Cats, you'll see that the Tom Hooper-directed version tried to almost rectify that we've not seen this like we're currently recording this having not seen we've
0: seen clips we've seen songs from it but we've never sat and watched it as a yeah
1: so our thing our only knowledge of cats is the 2019 version that was kind of my introduction which uh, i'm excited personally i'm excited for all of these films
0: this i'm genuinely excited for this musical version i think it's Going to be ten times better than the actual show because all the songs are bad.
1: Ten times zero is still zero, right?
0: Yeah. But there's something earnest about it that looks looks cute. It knows it's not great. Look at the miming that we've already seen. I
1: don't think it does know that it's not great. I've seen enough on Andrew Lloyd Webber to think that he thinks he's a virtuoso. He's a he's a massive I don't wanna I don't want I know there are people out there who are die for die die I know there are people I'm out ride there. Or die, bitches. I know there are people out there who are ride or die for Andrew Lloyd Webber. I am not one of those people. I grew up with um, the one with the coat. What was it called?
0: The... How do you you listen to this constantly and, and subject me to it?
1: I've got it on Blu-ray. and I can't remember what it's fucking called. The coat of many many colors. Wait, wait,
0: wait, which which Messiah do you think it is? Take a stab. It's not. It's not Jesus. There's a
1: hint. It's Jo Is it Joseph? Joseph in his technical Dream Court and
0: his
1: technical Dream Court. I've got it. Yeah. Yeah, 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 that was yeah. It. yeah. Uh, but obviously, I know he did Evita and Jesus Christ Superstar and Phantom, which is his big one. A lot of people are Phantom diehards. I think that's his most acclaimed musical. And I actually, re- I really like um, Joseph, despite not knowing the title.
0: I do not.
1: I know you don't. I know you, you're you not. A, I mean, you are a musical theatre fan. Oh,
0: yeah, I'm a theatre gay through and through. But that I will say, there is the lady with the short blonde hair in that, whatever version with the kids where it's a nativity play, and they've come in to actually do the nativity. Oh,
1: that's the Blu-ray that I have. That's really cool. That's uh, that's probably the best version of of Joseph, I think, for my money anyway. I can't remember, can't remember her name, bless her. She's great.
0: Is the only
1: redeeming quality. Donny Osmond's pretty good. And Richard Attenborough's in that too.
0: Yeah, fuck off. Whatever. And John, uh,
1: John Collins. Oh, I
0: don't care. Okay,
1: fair enough. So I think Ryan's already pissed off that we're having to do Cats twice in one week. Um, so <laughs> from what I can tell you about the plot, we'll do like a really brief. I know if if you can even call it a plot. I don't it, know. You dare <laughs> call it a plot. I know it's a group of cats called the Jellicle Cats, which, yeah, uh, And they're competing and performing at the Jellicle Ball. Uh, in order to see which of them will be chosen to ascend to the Hellyside Lair, which...
0: I mean, most cats apparently have tragic lives, and they all want them to end so they can ascend and just get a new life.
1: I'm still really, really confused as to what the Hellyside Lair is. It, it it seems like they get on a hot air balloon and just die.
0: Well, didn't wasn't it a whole, you get reborn... I, I, yeah but I think that's just... one of those culty things isn't it it's yeah. like step into the balloon Clearly you'll get just... reborn in reality they just shoot off in the balloon Jim, die
1: in the jungle G- for three G- years Jim, there Jim Jones cats there with the fucking Kool-Aid singing drink the Kool-Aid the cats drink the Kool-Aid the cats <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah uh, so that, that's as far as narrative goes that's pretty much all I know about it I do know that the new one tries to add lots of narrative elements that I think makes it worse I think from my money having not seen this version yet we are going to go watch it and come back to you um, but having not seen this version i think the lack of plot might help it instead of hinder it which i think the new version it does hinder it more i don't know whether or not this is the first time that they've put a musical onto vhs before i know that hamilton did this year when they released it on disney plus um i wish this was a trend they'd do a little bit more i don't love musical adaptations very much
0: okay which, which ones would be your top picks
1: adaptation wise
0: yeah if you got if you got to pick now which ones would be created
1: uh as in like made into a movie or just film
0: well this isn't this isn't a hard question we're talking about Hamilton and Cats okay, or VHS no, right, the stage okay. play
1: so uh, Book of Mormon would be number one uh, because it's fantastic and hilarious uh, shit I'm literally you've put me on the spot and I forget uh, every, I know you're really starting every, to panic I forget I've breathe every single <laughs> musical that I have ever seen in my entire life oh um Blood Brothers Is Is that just the second one you could think of? No, no, it's literally one of the best musicals I've I've ever seen in my entire life. And I don't, for my money, I don't think there's any film version of it yet. Um, I, yeah, again, that's just, uh, I I just think as a medium, musicals work better in the medium that they're in. Mine would be Showgirls. Oh, fucking hell. The the musical version of Showgirls. Or just, you just want to see Showgirls again. Are you just telling me you want to watch Showgirls again? Both? (laughs) Either? (laughs) Um, So yeah, I know kind of, I think a lot of people's frame of reference for cats, at least if you haven't seen it, the song Memories is is quite a quite a shortstopper. You're looking at me blank face like you
0: Well, stop the show.
1: I hate so much. Dum-t. Uh right. It is a fantastic song. I'm not getting you a drum set, by the way. To do that with. Like it's not happening. Dum-t. Go away. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I remember from doing a little bit of research that memories was the uh, was the shortstopper that was added post that they needed a big musical number and that's actually not one of the T.S. Eliot poems and that was kind of put in after the fact because they needed something big for the show. I
0: definitely think that shows. Memory is a absolute standout for me. I know there's a couple of good songs, but Memories
1: is an absolute banger. Dare say it's a banger. There are about two or three bangers, I would say. I think you're underestimating. That's
0: the the ultimate banger. And now that you've told me that's been put in post-production, not from the Eliot poems, then I fully can see how
1: that's a reality. The other ones feel like poems, don't they? Because the it's a kid's book. Like, it's pretty much a book for kids that you read to them in bed, and they, it feels like... It's one of those nonsensical ones that will melt the yeah. brains if you read it to them. I wonder what T.S. Eliot actually thought of this. Like, I wonder if he got to see... I'm totally... as a,
0: a LSD, you just watch the Cats go about the business.
1: Well, that's the other element of it, that there is something hauntingly kind of...
0: Hallucinogenic. Uh, hallucinogenic,
1: that's the word I'm looking for. Hallucinogenic about these fucking feline hell demons... I, at least in at least in the film, I've seen clips of this. This one doesn't look much better. But um, it probably won't give me as many nightmares.
0: No, I. Firstly, the CGI is going to make a big difference. Yeah. It being costumes rather than. 100%. Although, I, so. I wish on the modernised version they'd left the buttholes in. I'm, I'll probably do a whole rant about
1: that in the why actual episode. The, the why didn't we make the point five entirely about the butthole cut? And we just did a whole deep dive into how much better the butthole cut. Right, for those of you who don't know what the butthole cut is, do you want to explain the butthole cut? Do you want me to explain the butthole cut?
0: The butthole cut. So there is a version of the 2019 version of Cats that exists, that was created, where all of the cats have actual arseholes.
1: Literal arseholes. Because Tom Hooper is all about realism.
0: Yeah, which I don't see how having a cat body... With human feet and hands
1: is overly realistic. To be fair, now that I'm wondering... I am wondering how they shit. And now that they don't... Now that you've confirmed that they don't have buttholes, it's like adding an extra element of creepy, like these are just sentient beings that don't defecate.
0: Comes out of the mouth.
1: (laughs) When they sing. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, Well, I think that... I mean, that element kind of right before we go watch the film and report back... um, that, like, realism versus theatre, I think, is a big crux for me. Like, I think theatre works as theatre. I don't always think it's a necessity to translate musical theatre into kind of hyper realism, the, the the kind of musical theatre that Tom Hooper, as a director, likes to make. For me, uh, we're going to kind of get on, on the main podcast as to why I'm not a fan of Les Miseries. I don't think you are, are you, his version of Les Mis, either, are you?
0: Oh, no, absolutely no. not. But uh, let's save him for another day. We'll save him for another day. My. Going into this before watching it, from what bits I have seen, I'm excited for this version. It looks cuter. It's a lot of miming, I'm presuming they the use
1: props, yeah. Yeah,
0: the there's no children used as the mice that get eaten by Jenny and you it's it's much less traumatic in that sense.
1: Uh I think anything's less traumatic. I think like a full frontal lobotomy might be less traumatic than watching 2019 Cats. I'm personally just excited for Jack to watch it again. That's like uh, he has like an aversion to it. He couldn't get through the first song, and we're kind of basically going to Clockwork Orange of Enforcement to watch it. But I think we'll leave it there and we'll get back to you with regards to uh kind of how we feel. Yeah, uh, if we're not entirely, Catatonic. yeah, but, but fucking hell, <laughs> Jesus Christ. So. And right, we'll be back with you very soon, guys. Thank you.
0: Why did I say thank you? <laughs> thank <laughs> you. <laughs> All cats are jellicles, you see. This yes. is made clear in one of the unpublished poems. Yes. But dogs all the are, other cats dogs, are jellical yeah, as well. well. all cats are jellicle cats, fundamentally. You see, dogs are pollicle dogs, and cats are jellical cats. Is a
1: fictitious frenzy of feline fur? Why did you do that? Why did you say that? Why wouldn't I say that? Because I had something to say and you just saw me... <laughs> you saw that I had something to say and you just decided to... This is like some kind of... I'm deaf and Masters. <laughs> I got something to say. Um, what I really think we need is the same kind of uh, levity and the same kind of effort that's put behind the Snyder Cut for the fucking Justice League for the Butthole Cut. I think we need to start a Twitter storm. Hashtag it up. Hashtag release the Butthole Cut. I want all of... All five of our listeners to make sure you get on Twitter and hashtag release the butthole cut. Uh,
0: I promise that will still be a million times better than anything that Zack Snyder does.
1: Release the butthole cut. Do it. You're going to set us up? I'm going to set us up for murder. Murder most foul. Which is what I want to do after watching this movie. What murder? Cats. We have three cats up the house, so I have to keep you away from the cats. Is that what, uh, what's going on right now? Probably safe. I just don't... Right, yeah, so if you couldn't tell, we're back from watching the 1981 version of Andrew Lund Webber's musical Cats. I have questions. I don't think you're going to be able to answer all my questions, but I do know one question you'll be able to answer, and that is who's the sexiest cat?
0: Oh, okay. Who's
1: the most. Like, for for your reference, guys, the entire time, this two hour fucking movie, Ryan was just going through and ranking all the cats based on how sexy they were. Like, indiscriminately, like, Deuteronomy got a pretty high score, and he's this, like, ancient. Oh, oh, he's
0: experienced. He knows
1: what he's doing. So, not Deuteronomy?
0: Yeah. Course. No, I'm
1: saying, like, not jury your only for number one,
0: though, right? Oh, not for number one. He's a number three. It's hard. Looks-wise, uh-huh. we have Mungo Jerry. He is Who, a like, fine looking female.
1: the second he opens his mouth, that is a oh, tr- that, like, just a... a yeah, yeah, a
0: mess of Cockney twattishness. Are
1: we a fairy podcast now? What's happening? Is
0: this way well, we're going. We're, but
1: We're branching off into the furriness.
0: Overall, overall winner is Rum Tum Tugger. The most charming of cats, the most sexual, in your face, pelvic thrusting kitten of the night. He's like the
1: Bowie of cats is what I remember, remember saying to you. Like, there's a very boy esque so like but even that name like they must have done that on purpose like Rum Tum Tugger they're fucking serious that, that cannot be I'll give him a Rum Tum Tugger you will not do anything of the fucking sort I think that's the last we need to fucking talk about how. Se- I mean it's not good the thing is, it's not, it's, I disagree it's not going to be the last we talk about how fucking sexual these cats are because that's the entire fucking movie there's two hours of just pelvic grinding and thrusting and just uncomfortableness that from beginning to end I don't think this is a hell of a lot better than the 2019 version I think this is marginally better I think this is more tolerable
0: marginally but after watching tom hooper's cats first i found this much
1: easier to pick out the positive aspects oh 100 like there are positive aspects to this one
0: <laughs> yeah <therein laughs> <lies the> different. <laughs> like immediately
1: there are at least at least two positive aspects to this version uh, i think i have a trio but let's let's go for the two you have i just don't get cats i just don't get it i'm watching it and i don't understand who this is for it's not for kids because it's overtly sexual, it's not for adults, because it's overtly juvenile, it's genuinely quite scary, so it's not for people with eyes, <laughs> not for, for people with ears, again, right, so there we go, positive aspects... It sounds much better. The, the songs in this, there are a good selection of, of well put together musical numbers that are well sung, which again, you can't say for the 2019 version. Yeah, you can is...
0: tell instantly in this that they've hired trained singers and dancers. These aren't
1: actors trying to sing and dance. These are professionals. They I think knew what they were doing. I think for my money, the main flaw, the, the, again, very similar to what you said, hiring actors to sing, you can make direct comparisons to songs in the movie compared to songs in the production. I, I, my mind goes immediately to the, ver- the different versions of the old Gumby Cat, which, coming from a, a perspective of watching the movie first, I thought that was pretty intolerable to sit through, listening to Rebel Wilson screeching through the old Gumby Cat while haunted... F- children mice dance around her and she eats human-faced cockroaches. Oh, it is one of the worst scenes in the entire movie. It's, like, it's uncomfortable. It gives my sleep paralysis demon a run for its money, I'll tell you that much. Like For about two weeks after I saw it, I was haunted by those fucking children mice. Um, whereas in this, it's actually, it, it, not only is it a tolerable song, I actually think it's probably one of the better songs. It's fun, it's, it's energetic, it's upbeat, it's very well performed.
0: Adorable. The Gumby Cat itself is very... Nice to look at. It. She gives me like a motherly vibe. Yeah, like she's she's very, telling them I saw. She? she doesn't comforting. eat them.
1: <laughs> she <laughs> doesn't fucking devour these poor children. Um, well, Again, like what lends itself, I think, better to a stage production is the fact that they have to be, they're for, almost forced to be more creative with what they have. They haven't got this massive budget where they're, they're building these sets in the movie that I think, look, again, they're firmly located in the Uncanny Valley. Uh, you you are limited to what you have. What they use is these a much smarter play the setting. Well, yeah, they have to use like junkyards because it's setting. It's it's all in setting entirely in one place,
0: which lends itself incredibly to the narrative of the plane. In that these cats are dressed up as mice, and they dress up as dogs using the things they find in the junkyard. They're not running around the city doing all kinds of random crap in reality. After watching tiny little children mice and little dancing (laughs) cockroaches (laughs) (laughs) get eaten by Rebel Wilson, this is such a smarter movie, never mind a better produced movie, even though the budget must have been so much less.
1: It looks like it was like a shoestring. It looks like it was difficult to make. It looks like they probably had limited means and they put on the production that they had Based off that, I mean, obviously, it's a, it's a multi-million pound Broadway show. I probably didn't have limited means. I mean, for my money, I think the choreography is immensely better. That They do this thing in the movie where they interrupt the songs with these, like, smart one-off one-liners by the oh, guest star actors yeah. where Rebel Wilson has to... I, I think most of my criticisms from the movie movie come from fucking Rebel Wilson. And also the fact that I don't actually have to see stupid James Corden's face in this made it immeasurably better <laughs> for me as well. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I think, again you you compare them it's it's like comparing apples and oranges one is one is clearly crafted with love and one is well staged and one is well performed and one is just an absolute car crash that's so. the immediate
0: impression i get from tom hooper is that he sat there with a checklist being like what do i need to win the oscar oh yeah funny much. one-liners tick big actors tick yeah. massive razzle dazzle
1: eh i think that was exactly my point as well like tom hooper As a director, seems lazy. He seems like he's only interested in Oscars. He's only interested in fame. He's only interested in what big fucking actors he can get. Not whether or not these actors can sing. Not whether or not these actors can perform well. Here, you don't get that. I would go from kind of top to bottom. Every single person in this cast is well cast. Every single person in this puts on a really good show. They look like they're having fun, which is what I think the important part of a musical is to watch something where it looks like the cast is enjoying themselves mm. not forced to gunpoint oh, contractual roll. obligation yeah like it is just a contractual obligation i at that point.
0: there was only two maybe three I can think of in the 2019 version that was well cast that's Jason Derulo oh yeah who's playing a campy character and you picked up on that and did it well yeah we have Jennifer Hudson is- great Isabella who was great and Victoria she's not much of a character but I mean I don't think the actress was but bad but again
1: she comes from a stage background she was a ballerina Victoria the actress who played her was that was her first film role with bless her and what, what a first fucking film <laughs> role is one of the worst films of the, the decade. But yeah, I, I think again, like the, the Gumby Cat is a song I hated in the movie and a song I really enjoyed in, in the musical. I, I think like Skimble Shanks, again, it's uh, one that I quite enjoyed and probably the best one in the movie, but it's, it's a measurably be better in Ooh, the Oh, they made him Scottish? They did make him Scottish, which I was so happy about. He was like, right, okay, so if we're going to do this. Like... <laughs> oh, are
0: you joining the Sexy
1: Cat no, rant? No, I'm not, I'm not joining the Sexy Cat rant, but if we had to, I like a Scottish accent. I don't want to fuck the Scottish Cat but I like the Scottish accent. I'm sure, I'm sure that's your motivation. And Mr. Mistopheles, who, first of all, fucking, get a bit creepy in this one, a bit creepier in this A b- one bit
0: creepier. In fact, this is the one cat I would say I prefer the look of in the new one. He's a bit cute in the new one, not in a attractive way. Cute as in, oh, he's a cute, cash whereas this one's just got white yeah he looks like a geisha
1: girl but like (laughs) like a cat version he's a little bit off-putting but the song again is immeasurably better what i kind of appreciated is in the movie they like sing about themselves in this kind of self-righteous i'm mr Mistopheles and i'm brilliant where in this one they kind of sing about each other so i think mr Mistopheles is sung by the rum tum tugger and augusta theater cat is sung by one of the female chorus I like that aspect a lot more in the production, that they're not singing about themselves.
0: Yeah, it's another thing that lends to the smartness of the 81 play, where it's set in the junkyard, and these cats are dressing up for the friends and all singing about each other, rather than having these grandstanding, lavish numbers that ultimately have no soul. Yeah. This gives me a sense of the these cats are having fun. They're enjoying themselves. They're being little rapscallions. It's messing quite cute.
1: Yeah, it's much cuter. It's less intimidating. It's less... I'm watching these soulless, <laughs> these soulless abominations. I'm watching these soulful abominations. These instead. soulful abominations. Because the they might be hiding under my bed, <laughs> but they might give me a lick at the same time. That was disturbing. Did you have to? That's more disturbing. I don't want them to lick me. Oh, there's many areas they can. Lick anyway, me. fucking quickly moving on from that. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, the musicals—they're well staged, they're well choreographed. There are there are elements like you kind of pick up on really well that that the narrative almost is a lot looser in this. Which I think we both appreciated. It doesn't try... Oh,
0: I think anyone who watches Cats appreciates it being shorter.
1: It doesn't... <laughs> the thing is, it wasn't, was it? It was about two hours, which I think is about the same as the musical, but it felt shorter. Oh, it felt shorter then. Because they lose the narrative. What they do is they don't really... It's it's more of like an anthology number where you're right. It's almost like they're, they're performing for each other. They're performing their individual numbers. <gasps> There's not really a thread that links them. In the movie, they try and do the Macavity story. <laughs>
0: Does that mean Grizzabella isn't getting a new life in reality?
1: I mean, she's probably getting put to sleep in reality. That the the Heaviside oh, no. Lair is actually the name of it's oh. just She's <laughs> getting put down.
0: We were all just play acting?
1: It, we, we'll, we'll yeah. Let's, she's gone. She's gone. R.I.P. R.I.P. Grizzy B. <laughs> in the hizzy I'm sorry the The narrative's loose the narrative is, is framed in a way that it just it tells these really quick almost like story bursts through song I appreciate that because when they tried to add the narrative in the way they, they added it in was pretentious it distracts more than it accentuates. And I think overall a looser narrative works for what is essentially just a bunch of poems adapted into a into a stage play. A bunch of random poems at that. I don't know if you've ever read the book. A bunch of random children's poems at that. Let's add that <laughs> there as well. Which is which is where I get confused. So I'm watching this film, this this production of a children's adaptation. But every other scene, I'm getting a cat butt in my face. Or I'm getting a cat crotch Mm. in my face. Or if they're not doing it in my face, they're doing it in each other's faces. Or they're smelling each other's arseholes. Yeah, because all those leotards were tight as well. You can see Rum Tum Tugga's Rum Tom Tugger. <laughs> Rum Tom Tugger from a fucking mile away. And I'm like, who is this designed for? Uh, positive element, yeah, the music's great. The music's really fun. Negative element, I'm d- really disturbed watching it pretty much all the way through.
0: Have you noticed, though, how much easier it has
1: been to pick out the positives while we've been talking? Because there are some. <laughs> there are some. At least... Well, we, while we were watching it, I found myself marginally entertained by the songs. And by some of the songs... Some of the songs. Quite... <laughs> Entertain to a to a, to a higher extent. L- Elaine Page's version of Memories is probably one of the more iconic musical performances of all time. Mm. Oh, I You were you, you were literally crying next to me. You were I and mean, you cry anything oh, to start beautiful. with. but it's a really really good version of that performance. And Flat- sh- she sells it.
0: That's not to say that aren't parts of this aren't boring though. I remember particularly the Jellicoe Ball had me completely done. It was so long I
1: lost track of time entirely. Yeah. So it's basically like a 20 minute, where well, it feels like a 20 minute interlude in the middle of the play. I I, I bet it's where the, um, what's, the, what's it called when you uh, when you go for ice cream and shit. Where you, <laughs> you go for ice cream and you literally shit. Did
0: you get high? No,
1: I didn't actually get high. But um, I'm just, intermission, that's the one. It, it feels like where the intermission probably right. would be. Um, it's a 20 minute scene of them dancing and it's in the movie as well and I remember it being shorter in the movie I, if we're going to give points to the movie I do remember that scene being shorter. Not less horrifying, but shorter. I think something that works to its detriment as well is the dance number isn't
0: particularly exciting. Jellicle Cats at the beginning has a big dance number and it's very energetic and it's fun and you have no idea what's going on, but you're here for the ride. The Jellicle Ball, I tuned out by the end. All my joy was gone. But I think that led us nicely into the sadness that is Gus, the theatre cat.
1: So yeah, Gus is like right after... The Jell- this is what I get confused about. So they're performing for Deuteronomy in order to get chosen to go to the Heaviside Lair. But like four or five of the songs happened before the fucking Jellicle Ball. So do they? are they not being counted? Oh, are let's they- hope
0: not. Because let's just put this right. Jenny Annie <laughs> a massive and Buster for Jones are monsters. They have the happiest of the cat lives in that entire junkyard. And Grizabella and Gus are on death's door. And they just show the barge them out the way. A big fuck you. I want this new life.
1: But if that's, if that's the case, then Skimbleshanks is still trying to fucking push him out the way. Because he performs at the Jellicle Ball. Yeah, he's Scottish. We expected of them. <laughs> he's Scottish. Yeah. He's probably pissed, let's be honest. <laughs> um, but yeah, again, you're right. Jellicle Ball is... Is dishwater. Their fucking Cockney song is t- absolutely tedious. Rumpel is a rumple teaser and Rumple Silkskin. Whatever his fucking name is,
0: <laughs> Rump- Rumpel teaser and Mungo Jerry.
1: There's these two fucking Cockney cats. There's these ginger Cockney guys I think one of the ones that you fancied, mm-hmm. who Mongo. are the most intolerable fucking cats. They 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 scream their number in this in this wily fucking cockney accent and it's awful It's I would go on record and say it's one of the most unlistenable two songs I've ever heard in a musical yeah
0: they're supposed to be the naughty cats and we're up to mischief in our glow cockney accents it's like Charles
1: Dickens on acid and it's fucking horrifying
0: if you've never wanted to drown the
1: cat watch that performance <laughs> <laughs> hey don't fuck with cats Ryan one thing that is a massive uh, one thing <laughs> you better not fucking leave this <laughs> in one thing that is extremely positive uh, when especially in comparative to the You need to fucking stop. (laughs)
0: Because
1: he does this. Every time I do this, because I stumble over my words sometimes, because I'm... He always fucking ends up leaving some of it in. One thing that is a positive, uh, from my perspective anyway, that I think is one of the biggest failings of most musical adaptations, the lack of personability the lack of that break in the fourth wall where in this they'll confer with the audience they'll ask questions they, they'll interact there is a there is a definite fourth wall break that is completely absent from the movie until like the last two minutes where judy dench just fucking talks to us for for about 10 minutes i do think though it's a low medium high kind of tier
0: mm. on the low tier, you have 2019 tom hooper who's completely ignores the audience yeah you have then the movie adaptations, things like Rocky Horror Picture Show. Which is like iconic. Iconic. And this version of Cats, where they do break the fourth wall, but then you have the high tier, where you're sat in that row yourself, and they're screaming at you,
1: and you're screaming back, and you feel truly involved. That's a proper theater experience, that when you, like, you're like, you right, the Rocky Horrors of the world, where you can you can go in and the audience is almost as much of a cast member as the actual cast themselves. That's, that's fantastic. Where a lot of movie adaptations fail is the fact that they, completely omit that and I think this does a much better job of keeping the audience engaged and keeping the audience interacted and keeping the, the level of excitement there because like, to be fair yeah you're right Jellicle Ball does it bored both of us I remember we were kind of tuned out that moment I think you were fucking playing Stargy Valley weren't you <laughs> yeah, yeah I was getting my farming on getting my mining on cool. catching some fishies little farmy boy and I, I would think I was playing Pokemon at that point <laughs> as well to
0: be fair but there was a point we must have both tuned out or started talking because you said to me we've just missed what the Jellicle Cat is they're explaining this. Right, I and was, I yeah. said, I promise you, nothing of what they've just said will make any sense to a Cat is. I Angelical was really, caties. really worried.
1: You think I'm exaggerating when I say it's a 20-minute dance number? It's not. It's about a 20-minute dance number, or at least it feels like it's 20 minutes. But they're kind of whisper-talking during it as well. They're kind of doing this, like, little chant where they're either summoning a demon. I thought they were explaining what a Jellicle Cat was. So Jellicle- the were.
0: They were explaining what a Cat was. A Jellicle Cat is graceful and poised and sings a song with
1: lots of noise. It's, just, it's like this Dr. Seuss moment where they're like, the angelico Cat has giant tits and gi- <laughs> like it's just it keeps explaining what a jellicle cat is but everything contradicts each other everything doesn't make fucking sense like you almost come away from this explanation more confused as to what a jellicle cat is because a jellicle cat is apparently everything so you say i've done you a favor by not letting you listen clearly yeah it, it would have scarred me more probably one of the musical numbers i think i appreciated i hope you appreciated was the the queer icon that is mr Mistopheles. which oh, not first of all
0: magical mr Mistopheles. not
1: only a absolute banger from beginning to end one of the best songs and the, probably the second best song in the film if we're counting memories as its own thing
0: yeah i mean you can count this one against the 2019 one say this one had a lot more fun in it everyone was really worried in the 2019 one because he had to bring judy dench back and he was, was all relying on him yeah. he was almost whispering It felt very tight and controlled and nervous whereas this one was exuberant he was a magician of a level and he knew what he was doing in fact Sexy points for being a magician.
1: And I like the fact that Romtom Tugger was singing about them. I think they're actually secretly gay lovers. and It was quite cute. It was like well, cute, it was like but, bigging them up. But you're saying they want to leave each other to go get a new life. What's what's going on behind those closed doors? But again, this lends to the fact that I don't understand who's competing because I don't know whether Mistopheles was competing for the Jedi, the heli side layer. <laughs> just sure enough, like the halftime yeah. show at the Super Bowl. Exactly. Like you've got a lot more magic, cliche as it sounds. He's a fucking magical cat, and you're watching the movie, and nothing's magicals happening. He's like maybe uh, holding a pack of cards or something. But in this, he's fucking setting the stage on fire and shooting lightning out of his. Oh, fucking it's good
0: while the lightning is. Painted in? I have no idea what that's called on VHS. It is a terrible lightning effect.
1: I think it's just CGI.
0: That's CGI. We've come a long way. But I was thinking at a point, is it awkward for them to be pretending to shoot lightning out of his hands? But then we look at the practical effects where they do have the stage blowing up in those classic 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 classic, <laughs> classic
1: shower classic. of sparks
0: and smoke
1: everything looks a lot better done in practical it's just a it's a staple of the medium i think i was going to say genre but i think it's a staple of the medium where most things look better in practical you you notice like the cat makeup as horrifying as it is it's immeasurably less horrifying than the cgi the scene setting the way that they yeah because during this Mistoffelee scene he uses lots of practical explosions going on around him and he's like got this cute little uh light up jazzy suit on
0: oh there. I forgot about that his fair light
1: like, so he's definitely a queer icon like
0: Blackpool illuminations
1: he's definitely a queer icon and the song's a banger and it's it's really enjoyable from beginning to end I think the best part of this entire experience is not having to see James Corden all that's like the one mm. thing I take away from it is just not having to see that guy's fucking face yeah it gets an extra star on the rating just for that especially not like, you know what? Actually, I don't think I would have enjoyed watching the movie Break the Fourth War, because the last thing I need is James Corden speaking directly to me. <laughs> he's America's problem now. Yeah, fuck them. They can have him. Don't fucking send him back here. Can we rip up his fucking passport or something?
0: <laughs> well, he's never coming back after
1: that. Right. With
0: 2019s, obviously, they had that narrative in, and somebody I didn't expect to be as small a part as they are was McCavity. He's barely in it. They give him
1: this massive role in the film because they have the massive actor of Idris Elba, who I don't think I can ever look at the same. Oh, no. As great as the guy is, don't get me wrong, I love Idris Elba. There's something about seeing more or less naked Idris Elba in a catsuit. He suit. was
0: the worst because he had no fur. And what he did have was so closely matched to skin tone. Yeah. That almost looked like a naked cat man.
1: It almost felt like a hate crime. Like, you're watching all these other actors and all these other actors who, like, they have elements that they, no other actor has their fur made to look exactly like their skin tone. And I'm like, why did the black guy get that? Why Why didn't you do anything nice for him? Why didn't you give him fucking stripes or something? No, Because you... we all know black is the color that represents the evil character. Well, that's worrying, because there is a race problem in the movie version that you don't see in the musical version. You don't
0: see it. Deuteronomy is this old black gentleman.
1: As a role, he is given a lot to do. It's not a case of he's just there to be mystical. Mm. Like, he actually does have some of the best musical numbers. He's got a lot of the, the narrative, if you can call them narrative elements, a lot of the narrative elements revolve around him. Whereas in the movie, you've got, yeah, you've got McCavity played by a black guy. You've got Rizabella. Yeah, fair enough, she's got one of the best numbers, but she's also basically homeless. You got the pimp. You got, yeah, the Jason Derulo cat who's basically a, a womanizer. I think not only does the, does the film version have a race problem, I think the musical version does a lot better with sexuality because in the musical... Well, Mr. Mistoffelees is 100%
0: gay. Un- it, un-
1: I think they're gay lovers. But in the music in the movie, sorry, they they have this almost this narrative of he's a womanizer and it's just kind of really... Uncomfortable and he's kind of he's a womanizer in this one, but he's like this uh, equal opportunity sexual deviant where he's just going going after everyone. Like he's definitely a sexual deviant. There's there's no doubt about it. No, no doubt. He's gonna magic himself into those panties. Wow, would I say I enjoyed it? Would I, you say you enjoyed it? If this is like a like a wrap-up or as much of a wrap-up as we're gonna get, no, no, would I say I respected it? No, probably <laughs> also no, probably still no, but I don't. I tolerate it. It's, it's a tolerance thing. Like, this is not for me. It, whoever it's for, there are people who are die, uh, ride or die for cats. There are people who are cat stands to the end and more power to you. I probably wasn't introduced to it at the right time. Mm. As far as Andrew Lloyd Webber goes, I think he's a very niche producer. I think I grew up with the one with the coat. Did I do this in part one where I forgot the name of the <laughs> of fucking coat? Joseph
0: and his Dreamcoat yeah, is so on clearly, your Dreamcoat.
1: I don't like it that much because I've twice in one podcast forgotten the name of it. I grew up with that one. I love that one. Clearly not that much, but I love that one. I don't love Cats. Cats is weird. Cats is overtly sexual. Cats has a few good musical numbers, but I can listen to them on Spotify. I'm probably never, ever going to... Oh, shit, we've got to watch it this week, haven't we? I was going to say I'm never going to watch Cats again, but we've got to watch it like two fucking days, so probably I'm going to watch Cats again. For my money, it's a hell of a lot of a better experience of the movie, but that's not saying a hell of a lot.
0: I don't really like any of Andrew Lloyd Webber's plays. Give me one that
1: I like. I'm thinking. You're you're looking at me, I'm thinking. You don't like any. (laughs) I don't like any of them. But where I'm left standing is...
0: I was never interested in watching Cats, despite having the trailer show me when I had my VHS of South Park back in the day. It's never something that's appealed. When 2019 came out, just looking at the trailers, I knew it was going to be a train wreck, and I rushed to that cinema to watch it. I don't think I ever would have watched this version had it not been for that one, and I'm not glad that I watched it, but I could appreciate it a lot more after having watch the failure of 2019
1: it's easier to masturbate too. <coughs> i'll give you that mm, uh, either way we'll find out on wednesday when we record our cards but yeah ultimately probably not not one for us uh if you're a musical theater fan you like this more power to you if not uh, i guess welcome to the hell side. there we've yeah. been raptured
0: i mean i will say that the reason this is a point five is i don't think this is a best worst i think it's, it's... not it's not at all I think it's just not very good, whereas 2019 genuinely is entertaining. Dude, I think this is our
1: longest point five episode ever. Like I'm just looking at the time thinking, fuck, I'm... Yeah, thank you if you've uh, stayed with us this long. Um, we'll wrap it up there. We I... love and appreciate we you. We do, we do. And if you love and appreciate us, uh, you could give us a like on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. You can also check us out at www.badtastebuds.com. And don't forget to like and subscribe as well.
0: And if you really like us, you can campaign to get the CGI butthole version of cats that exists release to the public release the butthole god bye <laughs> bye